Today we're going to conclude our January sermon series, How to Start a New Year. You'll be glad to know, I hope that you'll be glad to know that next week we're going to resume our verse-by-verse study going through the Gospel of Luke. We're going to go back to work there in Luke's Gospel. Maybe this will be the year that we finish the Gospel of Luke. I kind of doubt it, but maybe it will be. But again today, we're going to come to the conclusion of this sermon series, How to Start a New Year. We come to the conclusion with the best piece of advice that I could ever give, the best piece of advice that I believe you can ever Receive. In fact, I believe this advice is the best, most important thing that anyone in any time, in any situation could ever hear. It's better than the practical advice that your parents gave you or could they could ever give you. It's, it's better, I believe, than any advice or knowledge that your teachers or your professor or your coaches could ever give you. I believe it's better advice than the wisest person even King Solomon could give you. And I believe truly, again, this is the best piece of advice you will ever hear. Be sure, whatever is going on in your life, as we move into this new year, as we move into 2017, if this is a good time in your life, if this is a hard time in your life, whatever is going on, the best advice that I can give you today is keep your eyes on Jesus. That is it, friends. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Calvary Baptist Church, keep your eyes on Jesus. Whatever is going on today, keep your eyes on Jesus. Today, our message is going to come again from Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at the first two verses again. Hebrews chapter 12, today verses 1 and 2. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 12, again, looking at the first two verses. God's word says this. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for Christ. I'm thankful for you, my Lord and my Savior and my Master. We come today, we exalt and we praise and we worship the name of Jesus. We come today and I pray that you have been honored in this hour, that you would be honored in this hour, that our love for you would be made known, that we would truly worship you this morning. I pray now as we begin to study your word, I pray that you, the living God, would speak to us, your people today. I pray that again, it wouldn't be a man's message, that it wouldn't even be run through the filter of a man, but it would be your word directly applied to the hearts of your people. Change us in it, convict us in it, lead us in it. I pray for some in this room that may not have a relationship with Christ. I pray that in the hearing and the preaching of your word and the drawing of your spirit, they might put their faith today in Jesus Christ. We come today and we submit this hour, this service to you. We ask that you move and that you make yourself known. I tell you, I love you and we praise you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
in this sermon series, we are looking at the subject, how to start a new year. And again, on this subject, and especially at this time of the year, there are all sorts of ideas about how you would start a new year. There's all sorts of advice being thrown about about how you would start a new year. Well, in the midst of all of these ideas, and they're everywhere, in the midst of all this advice, we have endeavored to look to God in his word for his direction. So again, we're not going to the latest fad. We're not looking for the newest book release. We're not going to the, to the newest craze. If you'll do this or if, if you'll do these things, you'll have a great year. We are looking to God and his direction through his word for our direction today. Again, here in Hebrews chapter 12, in these first two verses, if you've been here in these sermons, we have lifted out three truths, three things, three really steps for us to apply as we start a new year. Now, you really could apply these at any time. In fact, it would be a good thing to apply them at any time. But as we've started this new year, we've looked at from these two verses, these three steps for us to apply as we start a new year. And they are to start a new year, first, consider the past. To start a new year, second, consider the problem. And then third, to start a new year, consider the perfecter. Again, those three things, consider the past, consider the problem, and consider the perfecter. For a very quick review, if you remember, the first step we looked at was consider the past. And the truth of that was this. In order to have a great faith in God now, in order to have a great faith in God today, we have to know where God was faithful in the past. Now that just makes sense. Listen to that again. In order to have a great faith in God now, and, and man, we want to have a great faith, but in order to have a great faith in God now, we have to know where God was faithful in the past. And the way we know where God was faithful in the past is by knowing the word of God, the Bible. And so the first step in starting a new year is to commit to the word of God, to commit to consume it and to commit to be consumed with it. Very simply today, we have to commit to know the word of God. There's all sorts of ideas. There's all sorts of things popular being tossed about. There's all sorts of religious rhetoric being around. But you know what? We have to commit to the word of God, to hearing it, to reading it, to memorizing it, to studying it, most of all, to living according to the word of God. And so that's the first step. As you start a new year, commit to the word of God. Second step to start a new year, consider the problem. To start a new year, consider the problem. Last week, we saw that as Christians, we're in a race. And we found that our, our Christian lives are not just an event, but rather our Christian lives, our Christian walks, are compared to a race. It's not a, a one-time event. It's not a one-time thing where you put your faith in, in Christ and then you're done or you got saved and then you're done. No, that is the starting place. Really, that is the starting line. And it is then when we put our faith in Christ that we launch off in our Christian race. 
Last week we saw, and, and many of us have, have found from experience, that the Christian race is many times hard. It is many times difficult. In fact, many times it is absolutely grueling. And if we're going to run the race, and more than that, if we're going to complete the race, it is going to require perseverance in our part. It's going to require endurance on our part. Well, God in his grace and God in his wisdom tells us how to run the race with endurance. If you remember, the Bible said last week, we're to lay aside every encumbrance, meaning any weight, anything that would, that would slow you down. And it could be even good things, but anything that would distract you from the race that is set before you. We have to lay those things down. Also, it says we have to be deliberate and we have to make the effort also to lay the sin or the sins that the Bible says so easily entangle us. These sins that would, that would cause us to falter. These sins that would, that would trip us up. We have to, to start the new year. We have to be wise and we have to evaluate. These are some things that I need to set down. These are some things that are missed priorities. These are some sins that cannot exist in my life. Now, let me just tell you, that's a pretty awesome thing. You know what? We can start a new year and we can absolutely say these are some things I'm not carrying into the new year. This is some weight I'm going to shed off and I'm going to go to run my race with a laser-like focus. And so that was the second thing. We have to consider the problem. And then that brings us to today. To start a new year, the best advice ever, consider the perfecter. Consider the perfecter. Again, commit to God's word. Consider the problem, evaluate your life and, and decide which things, which sins you have to set down. And then third, consider the perfecter. Let's look at our verses today. I'm going to begin in verse two. It says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to read that again. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you remember verse one ends and it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then verse two picks up and it starts by saying, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now I want us to notice this morning that word fixing. Now, there is a lot to see here in this word fixing. First off, be sure today, it is not a casual look. It is not a casual glance. Fixing means, and there's several definitions, I'm going to read them to you. Fixing means to affix. It means to place securely, to attach. It means to place definitely, to hold. And so to run the race with endurance, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to very simply attach our eyes, secure our eyes on Jesus. Another thing, in the original language, in the Greek, the word here for fixing 
is a compound word. The prefix there for the word for fixing holds the meaning, has the understanding to look away from everything else. And so it's pretty interesting, the original language here, this word fixing has the, has the understanding that we cast our eyes away from everything else while at the same time fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now that's a tremendous word. At the same time we take our eyes off of everything else, we attach them to Jesus. Now that's a huge thing. Hear me this morning. As Christians, we need to quit looking around to everything else and to everyone else, and we need to quit looking to the situation, and we need to quit looking to the culture and the people, and we need to lift our eyes up and look alone to Jesus Christ. That's who we are as Christians. That's what we do as Christians. We take our eyes off of everything else and we fix our eyes to Jesus. Get that today. Understand that today. As Christians, we look to Jesus. I don't know if we're beating that drum enough. You know what, Christian? We look to Jesus. He is our hope. He is our answer. He is our peace. He is our wisdom. He is our Lord. He is our master. He is our protection. He is our direction. He alone is our salvation. As Christians, we look to Jesus. Why would we look to him? In the context here of running a race and running with endurance, why would we look to Jesus? verse here shows us a couple of reasons. Now, I'm going to tell you honestly, here in the second verse, there's at least two more sermons in the next part of this verse, but we're just going to go very quickly over it. In the context, why would we, seeking to run a race in endurance, look to Jesus? It says this, He is the author and perfecter of faith. Now, some later translations say our faith or the faith. I believe the best translation is of faith, period. He is the author and perfecter of faith. Now, author means originator. It means it comes forth from him. It means it starts with him. Perfecter means completer, finisher. It means this, he walked it, and not only did he walk it, did he walk it, he also finished it. So we look to him this is because Jesus is the source of our faith. He is also the model of faith. That's why we look to Jesus. Again, hear that. He is the source of faith, and Jesus is the model of faith. If we're going to walk by faith, if we're going to run a race with endurance, then we have to look to Jesus. He is the source of faith, and Jesus is the model of faith. What is faith? I'm going to back up to chapter 11, verse 1, and read that again. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So understand today, Jesus is the source of faith, and Jesus is the model of faith. In chapter 12, in the second verse, it tells us what that looks like for Jesus. It said, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Folks, 
We have to see that picture today. We have to get that picture today. Jesus, the source of faith, and Jesus, the model of faith, the Bible says, endured the cross. Listen to me this morning. No greater suffering has ever been endured. When we look to this verse, when we look to Jesus Christ, understand, no greater suffering has ever been endured. There was mental suffering. He was rejected. He was scorned. He was hated. He was betrayed. Those closest to him, his his family members, his friends, his own country, they turned on him. He was absolutely alone. He asked at that hour to his closest friends, Could you not even pray for me but for one hour? He is alone. He is rejected. Now, not only does he have mental suffering, there is also physical suffering. The Bible tells us he is beaten. He is whipped. The worst, most painful torture ever devised is heaped upon him. The Bible says his beard is plucked from his face. A crown of thorn is fashioned and it is pressed into his head. He is then taken and he's nailed to a cross and he hangs on that cross where he will bleed and where he will suffocate and where he will die slowly. No greater physical suffering, I believe, has ever been endured. No greater mental suffering has ever been endured. But even more than that, no greater spiritual suffering has ever been endured. See this. In the book of Matthew, in the garden, in chapter 26, verse 37, it says this. And he began. It hasn't even culminated yet. It is building here. He began to be grieved and distressed. In verse 38, he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. That is Jesus himself. Understand what is going on here. Jesus, the creator, is now abused by the created. Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, is slaughtered by those he came to save. Jesus, who never sins. In fact, he cannot mix and have any part of sin. He becomes the sin of wicked and evil man. Jesus, the beloved son of the father, who existed eternally in love and harmony with the father, now because he takes on sin himself and becomes sin. He suffers the wrath of God towards sin. And there in mental anguish and there in physical pain, he now cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he suffers in spiritual agony. No greater suffering has ever been endured. And the Bible says he hated every minute of it says despising the shame despising the embarrassment of it all he's repulsed by the cross of Calvary the verse doesn't end there however the picture doesn't end there however the originator the source of faith the model of faith then shows us the reward for his faith. It says that joy that was set before him and then here it is in completion and now he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I want you to see the journey he's been on. He endured the cross, yes. 
He despised, he hated the shame, yes. But you look at Jesus, he didn't shrink back and he didn't back down and he finished the race for the redemption of mankind and for the salvation of myself and you as well. And now he is finished and he's taken his seat and he's assumed his rightful place and now he is enthroned forever and he is exalted forever, sitting down in the power seat at the throne of God. He now sits as the king of kings and Lord. Lord of Lords. Listen to me, dear friend. Wherever you're at in your life today, whatever you're facing in your life today, whatever plight you have going on in this morning, our hope is in Jesus. Our salvation is in Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, the source and the model of faith. Let us today fix our eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's how we start a new year. Praise God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And I'm thankful for Jesus who for the joy set before him humbled himself and came as a man and not just a man but even a, a slave, a bondservant. And humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. He could have stepped back. He needed nothing that we could give him. He could have, he could have pulled back. But he endured. And he finished his race that I might be saved, that we might be redeemed. And I praise my Savior, Jesus. Come today and I pray that this would, this would sit upon our heart and we would understand the cost and the sacrifice and the love that motivated our, our redemption. Pray that we would look to Christ and we would see him as, as our model in all things and that we would, yes, run a race and yes, it's sometimes tough. We wouldn't pull back and we wouldn't shrink back and we would finish to his glory in his power. We tell you today, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We look to you, the author and the perfecter of faith. We submit to you. We worship you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.